Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, hi there. What do you want? I'm here with my friend, EJ. Yeah, back off, kid. I'm here with my friend, Matt. <laughs> it's We're we're in bad attitudes today. We're here to yeah. really sell, send the wrong message about a good show that we want you to listen to. This is our mean, angry podcast about yeah. a series of unfortunate events. EJ, I couldn't be more excited to finally be here with you today. Yeah, we're gonna rough them up. Yeah, <laughs> is it EJ rough them ups here? <laughs> EJ here to, here rough to teach everybody ups. how to have a bad time. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a bad time. We are. We wanted to cover. We've since before we started this show. EJ and I yeah. have wanted to uh, dabble our way back into a series of unfortunate events by pen name Lemony Snicket. Uh, it's a book series we both grew up with. Mm-hmm. I actually never completed it. I never finished reading it. I sort of grew out of it uh, before I finished uh, the last books, which I wouldn't even say I growing out of it is the wrong term. I just got distracted and didn't didn't finish reading it. Um, but we wanted to tackle them. However, the notion of getting through all 13 books in our typical format for the show made it seem like that was going to take a very, very long time. And we didn't want to spend that long waiting around to get to the good stuff. So we've basically decided to, at least for the first few books, which are notably mm-hmm. quite a lot shorter than the later entries, we're right. tackling them all together, especially because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, the, the stories are just so much simpler early on, and we've read them, so it's not like we're experiencing these things for the first time, so it's very easy for us to burn through them. So for this episode, we did books one, The Bad Beginning, two, The Reptile Room, and three, The Wide Window. And we might do the next set of, like, three after mm-hmm. that and then probably start to sort of single slow them out or so we might we yeah. might slow it down but uh at the, at the very least we want to do these first three the first three uh have also been grouped together before by yeah, the movie lot. starring jim and carrey the tv show and the tv show first season was the first yeah. three was actually the first four books uh for the tv yeah, show i wanted to, i wanted to talk about the history of that yeah isn't that wild these mm-hmm. three books um will forever live in like <laughs> a sort of infant infamy yeah. you know um <laughs> I, I just remember the movie growing yeah. up. In fact, I had already read, I think, at least five or six of the books before the movie came out. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so I was already like kind of well-versed in what was going on. Yeah. Um, I actually liked the movie. I liked the movie a lot. I, I, I went and saw it with some friends uh, because I was also very excited for it to be coming mm-hmm. out. I had read probably six of the books by the time that movie came out. Yeah. Eight, maybe seven. And... Uh, the, the notable thing I remember is after I saw that movie, I loved the soundtrack so much. We went to Barnes and Noble right after seeing the movie because no it's right way. next to it. And I bought the soundtrack at Barnes and Noble. I had a <laughs> CD and I would play nerd. the CD in my car to, to the soundtrack for the movie. You should go check out the soundtrack for that movie. It's cool. It's got like uh, I'm good sure it instrumentation is. stuff. But yeah, I mean, whatever. The rest of the movie, I mean, it's a it's a 90 minute movie where they cram these first three books it's together very fast. Tight. It's a tight 90. It's a tight 90. <laughs> and the stars in this movie yeah. are kind of insane. Luis yeah. Guzman makes an appearance. Yes. Uh, Meryl Streep, obviously, is the big one. Uh, Jim Carrey, of course. Um, but 
it's just like it's kind of wild cedric the entertainer is in this movie <laughs> so weird yeah jude so, law jude law is is yes. uh lemony snicket himself yep yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty nuts it's a weird uh it's a weird thing that happened and uh by the end of it there's also some things that happen in the movie uh just kind of jumping around like the wide window it's really funny the, like there's a whole like final destination sequence when the the oh, house yeah, is yeah. falling into yeah. the lake where it's like all of her fears come true. It's like the <laughs> oven turns on and like right. blows up the doorknob. There's like this crazy final destination sequence well. that's not in the book. It is <laughs> super not in the book, but it's like in the movie. And I think yeah. that's kind of wild. Uh, but even more fame. Well, I don't know about more famous or not, but there was also the recent Netflix adaptation mm-hmm. uh, that is very good. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris stars as the, uh, Count Olaf villain. We haven't talked about these books at all yet, but it's just fun to talk about the popular culture of, all, oh, of yeah. it all. Uh, I know he was a big part of spearheading the series, mm-hmm. even getting made. Like he, he was really pushing to to make it happen. Um, in part created by Barry Sonnenfeld, the, the series was, and he directed a bunch of the episodes. And he's he's got some notoriety behind him. And yeah, just uh, across the board, the whole the whole show is. Um, a very faithful adaptation to the books. Uh, and if you to compare the two, it's wild because the movie, ninety minutes, like we said, tight ninety of the first three books, and then the show is like, what if we did two hours for every single book? What about that instead? So it's a very, very long process to get through it. I think at times you can feel it in the show that they're sort of dragging their feet a bit. It feels like watching an audiobook or something, which like yeah. I love listening to audiobooks, but watch it's a different thing when it's like that slow paced of a show. It um, helps having Patrick Warburton yes. being <laughs> Lemony Snicket. Uh, I think Patrick Warburton, you know, obviously has a very encapsulating kind mm-hmm. of tone of voice and yeah. a very unique tone of voice right. if you've ever heard Patrick Warburton. So, uh, yeah, I think that super helps the show. I think the show overall is good. I think it was just one of those things that it's like, okay, we got it out of the way. I'm so glad it's right. over. Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. I feel about it, yeah. right? It's I'm like glad it we, exists. We were so <laughs> upset for so long about them not finishing the movies right i I mean seriously like i was really upset for a long time because i thought the movie was fine i thought it was an okay adaptation enough for the studios to want to right well it was just nickelodeon studios and they just didn't want to do anymore and that's fine i mean it kind of wraps up the movie as if there's not gonna be another yeah yeah they they plan for it but it's the whole thing of if you know about this series, you know that in the beginning, it's just this sort of episodic thing. But as it goes mm-hmm. on, it really becomes like fluid, quite yeah. the thing. Yeah, the the final yeah. books are very. And again, I haven't even finished the last. I believe it's two. I read up through book eleven, um, well, but eleven is apparently the drop. We'll, we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to. Eventually, we'll get there. We'll, we'll we'll reevaluate. But yeah, for these first three, like it makes sense that it's like it's hard for things to really catch on with these first three books so let's actually talk about the books now then because yeah they are a series of unfortunate well, events they're dreary they're dark like it's, yeah i can sad. understand why it's hard to get some kids into it in different forms of media because it's like a it's a vibe <laughs> yeah it's in a bad one uh, at times um one thing we did do, we we didn't really even set up this episode. You haven't actually read them in a couple of years. Yeah, it's been probably two. When the show came out, I started mm-hmm. re- rereading alongside well, that was 2017. episodes. And that was a, a number of years ago. So, yeah, it's been about six years, five years ago that okay. I, I checked these out. I got up through uh, the seventh. I, I read through mm-hmm. the seventh again and was watching Good the show. Up to that and point, yeah. hadn't haven't watched past that in the series. So, I'm basically resetting again 
for this mm. to uh, to check out the show again as we go through the rest of the series because I really want to. But sort we of didn't have, it all. have you reread exactly because I, I I don't have it fresh. I, in my I actually reached out to you and I was like, you know what? Actually, don't read. Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> uh, because I wanted to set up this episode, Matt. Uh, let's start with the bad beginning. Okay. What do you remember? What about do I remember? This book? So what? Um, let me let me say what I remember from even as a kid specifically. Yeah. Uh, I started getting these books um, for Christmas, just like apropos of nothing. They were just books I was getting from my grandparents. And I got like two or three one Christmas and then like two more the next Christmas. And I wasn't mm-hmm. touching them. I wasn't like an avid reader. Uh, right. It was in the heyday of Harry Potter. Like it was the it was when Harry Potter releases were the biggest thing in the world. I wasn't huge on Harry Potter, but I was, you know, I, I probably read the fourth and the fifth Harry Potter books like when they came out. Right. And then sort of about like I, di- I didn't pay attention after the fifth. I really didn't like the fifth book uh, because the it was about whiny teenagers. And I don't like that kind of stuff, <laughs> generally speaking. Um, so I just had these books like on my bookshelf in my room and hadn't touched them because it just looked like cheap knockoff Harry Potter and me. Klaus, A little the, the middle son yeah. has glasses. I just thought it was like some whatever cash in on the Harry Potter fame. And I hadn't ever checked it out. And then I started eventually, I mean, once I had like five books, five or six books, because after years of receiving them for Christmas, I started uh, finally reading them and was like, whoa, I've been sitting around with these for like just ignoring them for way too long. Uh, So they, they hooked me right away. I do think probably it was useful that I had a chunk of them because my memory to your question of bad beginning is it's like, I mean, it's really short. It mm-hmm. is mostly just an introduction of the titular character, like the main characters, the the Baudelaire yep. twins and Count yep. Olaf. Um, and kind of it introduces, you know, Count Olaf has like a little squadron of jerks yep. uh, that follow him squad around. That you'll, which honestly, by the way, real quick on that note, really interesting job, yeah. really good job, I think, from Lemony Snicket to introduce the whole squad and then bring them back. Yeah, always. All, and, and, and in different ways all the time. Yeah. And yeah, it's, the it's, different ways he brings them back. It's a good cohesive series where every book they introduce like a new um, person who's going to be on the Baudelaire's mm-hmm. side and then something bad is going to happen. But there's basically the same villain in every book. It's always Count Olaf. And then probably he had, you know, in a lot of them, he, he gains some new partner or or whatever. A new person is introduced. But but right, anyways, henchman. Yeah. Yeah. The bad beginning, though, is just like very, very basic in just introducing that stuff to you. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that bad beginning does is introduce the writing style of these books, which we sort of referred yes. to in a recent episode, but is referencing its own language often as kind of Mm -hmm. a funny i mean most of the time it's just playing it off as a joke but it does sort of get a reader to think about how words are getting used and there's word play and there's also just literally giving you definitions for big words in funny ways it invites a young reader to want to read to be to be hooked by the language rather than just like reading a story where you could be watching a movie or could be reading a comic book. You know what I mean? The idea of I am reading words and that is a different medium than other things like that. Mm -hmm. This book really emphasizes that in a way you can't recreate very well in other mediums. And that was like what really got me by the first book. It educates um, its reader as you go. Yes. It's very educational. It doesn't want you to feel like you're left out of the loop. However, it still doesn't talk down. Right. Um, you know, that's our running theme in this show is it doesn't talk down to its audience. This book 
uh, Matt, you are right, uh, does introduce that writing style. I would say it that doesn't actually really pick up. We don't see that like explanation of thing or explanation of explanation of turns of phrases uh-huh. uh, that like Lemony Snicket really um, carries through the series until Reptile Room. Really? I'd say bad, bad Beginning doesn't do it as much. Interesting. Uh, bad Beginning uh, is creepy. It is a creepy, <laughs> creepy book. This book is the creepiest. It might yeah. be the worst of the 13 books. Yeah. Minus one that like, like we talked about, we'll get to later. Grim Grotto, I think is uh, one of the weaker entries as well. Yeah. But um, <laughs> this book is creepy. Um, I don't like the way that it treats Violet in yeah. this book. Um, yeah. so, She's 14 years uh, old and there's a whole marriage plot. A, it feels a, a little, the whole book is set up to feel very like old timey. So you mm-hmm. get this feeling of like, I don't know, girl. but it's like, that doesn't excuse any of it. It, 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 it just like, it feels gross and backwards. And, uh, it's, it's it not totally, necessary. it totally is not right for kids. I don't think at least I don't think so. And baby, and you know what? I didn't pick up on it as a kid. So maybe it's right. not really that big of a deal. And also it really does. I mean, if we are going tonally for how big of a creep Count Olaf right. is, he is a creep right. in this, and it's, he, it, he really he does make off, you hateable. Right. <laughs> he, he can come off as cartoonish at times, and he can almost be yeah. like a cartoon villain, but I do right. think the books, and especially the TV show, compared to the movie, sell the idea that while he's cartoonish, bad. he's a nasty Mm-hmm. awful person Evil whereas like person. the jim carrey movie like was a bit too much like look it's <laughs> jim carrey he's the funny clown we all love um so i yeah, yeah I, I appreciate when the focus is a bit on like yeah he's like a wacka he's like a nut job but like he's bad he's unequivocally bad <laughs> and this is the book where we um i'm gonna this will be a running thread in our series on this on these books uh this is the book that uh also doesn't deal with the sunny Baudelaire problem is what I want to call. Oh, it. okay. Um, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. This book does a good job with sunny. Um, <laughs> I would say the next two books do not do a great job with sunny Baudelaire. <laughs> That's um, the baby for those that don't I, know. Basically yeah, so, Baudelaire's are three mm-hmm. uh, siblings, the oldest Violet that we've been talking about, Klaus, the right. middle child and Sonny, the, uh, the baby, uh, a literal infant. Mm-hmm. So their, their whole things are, if, if you had to give them a hook, Violet is an inventor. She ties her hair up in a red ribbon when she gets to thinking and she puts yep. stuff together. She's a she's, she's a brilliant inventor. Klaus is an avid reader and loves to dig mm-hmm. and research and, and discover clues. He's sort of the detective of the group. And Sonny's got sharp, powerful teeth. She's the muscle. <laughs> Sonny has she's sharp the teeth. <laughs> she's the muscle. <laughs> Sonny Baudelaire, which is very funny in concept, obviously. There's a lot of things that they do with that as the series progresses. Yeah. But in this one... Um, Sonny gets kidnapped at a certain point. She right. gets hung from a tower, essentially in a bird cage. Right. Uh, all of this gets touched on, uh, in a lot of different ways. I would say that the first book, um, is a breeze. That yeah. book, you can get that done in an afternoon. Right. Um, it is strictly introductory. And if you can just kind of get past all of the little creepy things that Count Olaf mm-hmm. says, and even some like Justice Strauss, yeah. And Mr. Poe, right. all of them kind of like make these really weird remarks about Violet's like appearance. Mm. Um, not, a little cringy. Uh, it's really not any more than cringy. It's just not my type of, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. my type of writing. So uh, as long as you can get past that as a parent, uh, your kid will not even notice. Honestly. Right. And it like, doesn't continue they, really after the first book. It super doesn't. Yeah. It super is over after the first book, yeah. which is great. It, 
Like, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. We, we, um, we they get put that it. on the back burner. Yeah. Uh, but it is it does set up how really sinister I think Count Olaf is. So right. bad beginning um of these three is my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it's just it's just the thing to set things up. It's also like by a I mean it's so short. Like it is not a long book yeah. at all. The series by the end is like actually decently sized books and, and like the mm-hmm. my copy here of Bad Beginning is like 150 pages i mean it's it's literally nothing like it's it is super super short so it's a good one to burn through but i i again i don't think it's what hooks you onto the series necessarily because Mm -hmm. the first one's also not doing the wackiest (laughs) stuff that the series is is properly known for because in this first book the the whole setup is that the baudelaire's parents have died and there's sort of a question of who is supposed to take care of them Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen with their fortune. They're rich. They were a rich family. And yep. early on, that's kind of all you know that's going on. There's a broader mystery at play. But for the first few books, it is just them bouncing around from family to family of people who could potentially take care of them. Whereas, the, I mean, but it, within the first one, it's literally just the story of they get sent with their awful, he's like their uncle sort of maybe, but like later you learn he probably wasn't even that, but like he, they call him some sort of distant relative, I believe, or some distant acquaintance. And, uh, that's all that's happening with him there. But when the book really, the series really kicks off is when you get to book two, The Reptile Room. And my memory of The Reptile Room mm-hmm. is, I mean, now we have Count Olaf playing ridiculous characters. This is where Count Olaf leans more into being a clown than anything else uh, because he's showing up incognito, still up to his antics trying to, to rob the children of their fortune while they're staying with some new person. And more importantly, the book's get opportunities to be less dark where in the first book you had ej referred to justice strauss as sort of like the nice woman who's maybe looking out for mm-hmm. the kids but they're not staying with justice Strauss. In in most of the future books the person they're staying with is like the good one <laughs> that, that, right. that you have hope for and so right. the the guy the professor that they're staying with in the second book is like just such a great little charming character and, and fun to have around for as long as you have him around, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Montgomery Montgomery and, uh, this book. So reptile room is what we're on now. Um, was a lot more choppy than I remember. Oh, interesting. This book, this book, um, did not flow as well as mm. I remembered. Um, I, I will say, I remember why I liked it the most. I think whenever I was a kid, it is, is the most detective oh yeah 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 book yeah you know it, it has this uh large like uh um what do you call it like plot arc at the end um where they are trying to convince um mr poe that count Olaf or stefano is count Olaf, right yeah. and so it, it it's it's kind of a trope and so it's an easy trope to like to do i think i think it's an easy way of writing yeah, maybe yeah. not easy but it's a familiar way of writing right and it's a film familiar way of reading i think for children and you know because there's so many detective books yeah that, yeah uh if this is your introduction to detective books it's fine but it's uh but it's probably why you liked it it's just <laughs> didn't you send me a screen was it this book that there was a you sent me this uh, a picture of there's a reference you and i read an agatha christie uh-huh. uh yeah. novel last year called the murder of roger Ackroyd. 
mm-hmm. and, and at what one happens point, in this book <laughs> yeah uh, sunny at one point yells out acroid which she probably She's always yelling like, nonsense words right, that then right. the book plays with itself defining things for you to also define the nonsense that sunny is always saying it's sort of an in joke but what does acroid mean <laughs> or what acroid is- probably means roger copy that or whatever <laughs> right so it's like roger acroid it's it's funny um this is the first book i'm glad you brought this up that does i think uh, not deal with the Sunny Baudelaire problem. What's the Sunny um, Baudelaire problem? So my my theory on this these books is that Sunny Baudelaire is actually an unnecessary character. That's funny, and I I feel bad about that because obviously like there are three Baudelaire orphans, yeah. right? Right. There are three of them. Um, Sunny is dead weight for a lot of these. <laughs> but do you think she, that she maybe that's sort of her purpose is to be something that Klaus and Violet have to also handle times, and take care of? My problem with it is, is that there are times when I feel like Sunny is completely forgotten. Okay. Like, like it'll be like the Baudelaire's go somewhere yeah. and it'll be like, yeah, Violet and Klaus do. How did right. they get Sonny there? Right. Like how does Sonny arrive at this place? Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't make any sense how Sonny gets anywhere. My memory is that's very much how the, the, the fifth book austere Academy, I think mm-hmm. definitely feels like that where it's like, we're at a school. What's right. Sonny up to? Like what, right. the, the, the other two, it makes total sense with the, with the kids that belong in school are doing. But yeah, Sonny just it, hangs out, I guess, huh? She just hangs out and she's like around. There are things that Sonny, there are decisions that Sonny makes in this book that obviously she's necessary by the end. Uh-huh. But there are just a lot of times where there's like, I really actually don't like the sounds that Sonny makes. I mm. think it really takes me out of the story Interesting. when there's just a whole, there's, there's a ton of these paragraph breaks where it's just like Sonny says a nonsense word, uh-huh. uh, which means this. And it always, which means the thing that she's saying. Right. right. Um, and I, I don't really, I don't really like that. Maybe as an adult, I don't think I really liked it as a kid. I remember thinking as a kid that it's I annoying and distracting. that I was just like, yeah, it's like she's saying that noises, which is, why i like the wide window more but we'll get to that one in a minute but the reptile room uh, a couple of things that i noticed uh, montgomery montgomery the scientist uh dies ha- before the halfway mark of this book <laughs> yeah that's that was so you you messaged me saying that that is definitely surprising to me even i even rewatched like i was watching the show recently but i did not remember him being gone so early on but uh, but honestly way gone. M- like you yeah. said most of the book is actually the detective mystery of yeah what even happened to him and and getting stefano caught for it and all that yeah right and and like i said i think it um as an adult now going back and reading and it's so funny because it's like i was like oh that's the best one in this series like Mm -hmm. i thought for a long time i would tell people reptile room is the best book of the series and i don't think that anymore interesting Um, i I don't even think it's the best one of this set (laughs) uh, which is crazy uh and i'm excited to read more of them uh for this reason because i think my big dumb adult brain is gonna like like something more. Like one of the other ones I have fond memories of is Vile Village. Yes. I really like Vile Village. Yes. Um, and so I'm excited to read that one again because I'm yeah. I want to know if that one holds up in my mind. Right. Um. You know. And maybe there's one like you know the hostel Some hospital that I didn't don't remember I completely forgot about, yeah. but. Like maybe there's one like that where I'm like, oh, this book actually slaps. That's you how know? Carnival is for me. I just like don't remember <laughs> yeah, Carnival Carnival at all, and so I'm I'm curious how that's gonna hit for me. Yeah. Wide Window uh, is a, a noticeable jump up in the length of these books. They they bit, really yeah. start to scale up until you get to about the sixth book, and then they're there's about, like a middle chunk where they're like the same length, 
And then books mm-hmm. 10 through 13 are like, uh, these are novels. <laughs> these yeah, are big. Those are actually yeah, big. <laughs> um, big, big books. My memory of Wide Window is um, maybe that it's even like the darkest one, may- mostly because your um, your helper. What we need? A, we need like a word for the caretakers. Guardian. It's just yeah. Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. The guardian in this one is not a helpful person. She's a dark nope. character. She's a sad yes. character, which makes yes. the whole vibe of the book that much darker it's stormy mm-hmm. for like half the yep. book there's like a horrible storm going on yep. awful events take place in this one i mean an off like it's weird that i'm saying this one's darker than the one where a man is literally murdered halfway through the book yeah but this one but is you don't see I, that murder on screen right. but whereas That's this one is like literally thing. here are a bunch of terrible unfortunate events happening i mean it's like a, it's really dark Right, yeah, and there is a murder in this one right. that happens in front of the reader's eyes. Yes. Versus uh, what happens in Reptile Room is Montgomery Montgomery does die halfway through the book, but it's a mystery because right. they find him dead. Right. Right. It's right. not like, oh, you know what happened exactly. And like yeah. I said, it, like we were talking about, there's a big detective case. No, no, no. Aunt Josephine, right. uh, which is uh, really weird that we went with Aunt Josephine. Now, her name is Aunt Josephine, and I can't remember her last name. It also starts with an A. Which is funny because uh, obviously one of Lemony Snicket's biggest deals is alliteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of alliteration in this one. A lot of uh, plays on words in this one. Hmm. Um, I remembered this to be my least favorite of the first three uh, when I was a kid. Interesting. And it is my favorite of these three on the reread. That's funny. This is the one I have the most visual memories from as reading as a kid. I remember the leeches. Mm -hmm. I remember like the boat that they're on. I remember the house on its stilts. It's like there are so many things that like this one really implanted itself in my mind. Whereas with like the first two, it's like, I don't know. There's a gross old house in the bad beginning. And there's there's a big library in the second one. That's all visually I really have from those. But like Wide Window is again i think solidifies it paints a huge picture and it sets i think it's the one that actually i said earlier like these books are a vibe i think wide window is where you finally get to the point where as a reader you have established truly what these books are because they stay dark i mean they're dark in many different ways as you go throughout the series but the first two i feel like he's playing with like how campy it's gonna be and how weird it's gonna be and they're just so short that they're they're so fast that he doesn't have time to like really sell you on what the idea of the these books are and i feel like by the third one you have a a good sense of like how things are going to go and it's interesting because this is the last one where the guardian solution is very simple and from here on out they start having very strange guardians that don't really make any sense yeah, there's there's two in a row, and then there's one that makes sense, and yeah. then there's and then from there it's like they're it's on their wide own, open. Yeah, yeah, it's wide open. But um, hey, Matt, where did this book? Where are the Baudelaire's? Uh, whenever this book starts, whoa, um, I don't remember. They're they they left the reptile room, but they're are they at Mister Poe's house or something, or at the bank? Mm-hmm. No, I don't no, remember. No, no, it's simpler than that. Just what, like what location? Like are they? Are they like are they on a vehicle or not <laughs> to begin this thing? I don't know. I assume they're in a like in a car, but I genuinely don't remember the beginning. No, so the big so I remembered this book for for them being on the boat crossing. Lake oh, it just Lacrimos. starts with them like showing pulling up to the house or pulling up That's to the city. That's not true. 
Really? And it's not true. They're actually already across the lake. And I think it's a misremembrance from the movie. Oh, they're already just they're on just the there. dock. Yeah. yeah. They are just there. They're at a dock. In media uh, on, res or whatever. In media res. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird, like, I was like, I'm sure they like had yeah. this like long monologue where they sail across Lake Lacrimos. That's but very they funny. Literally are just already off the boat sitting on their luggage in yeah. the rain. Yeah. And it's like. I, you know, so there's a lot of things like that where I was like, man, what what do I remember? And mm-hmm. this is going to be the one time, too, where those memories of the movie, because that movie's impactful, right? Yeah. For both of us. I right. think there's a lot of things that we remember because of the movie, even though we did read the books. Right. Um, and I think the movie starts with them sailing across the lake, like arriving at yeah. the dock. Yeah. Um, so... What's cool is is all of those things are going to go out the window right. from here forward. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to remember <laughs> all of these. <laughs> we're going to probably from our remember or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm, my so. my big goal is to pick back up on the show and the books from here on out. I basically was like, you know, these first three. The the real answer is I'm spending extra time uh, with next week's book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But I'm I'm making sure I read every inch of that book. Uh, so I I was like, you know what, I can go off a of memory for these three. But I'm very interested in rereading. Every everything from here on out because that's when i think the series gets like really really good and is when i was like properly hooked on it was as you get into the later entries and these characters are like more established yeah and aunt josephine i think is turns out to be one of my least favorite guardians oh yeah Uh, she's not very good yeah her job well Uh, it's, (laughs) it's such a good what what i like about it for the series is it is like showing how incompetent all these adults are. That's the theme. The theme of this yeah, book yeah, series is every adults. single adult is completely incompetent at in every nature worst. of their job. And Aunt Josephine is like, not only is she incompetent, but people putting any children in her charge are incompetent. Like the whole, the whole framework is screwed up. <laughs> I wanted to say one of the things that really disappointed me actually on this read read about all three of them is, um, I really can't stand how one-dimensional most of these characters are. Sure. Including our main characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that's, all and that goes back hook. to the Sunny Baudelaire pro- right. problem to me, yeah. right? It goes back to all she does is bite. Like, yep. Come on. there's not much, you know, all... It, like, really, this book is... These books are about Violet and Klaus. Yeah. And if they're about Violet and Klaus, then what are we... What, Right. Why? Well, what, can co- we just put Sonny in Mr. Poe's house and like have an adventure with Violet and Klaus instead? Because right. Well, let's peek ahead to the stuff when I think this series actually gets good is when it's not <laughs> oh, yeah, about Violet true. and Klaus. Because the whole true. idea of this series, if if I'm trying to hook people, because we've if anything we've been kind of negative on the series this this well, episode we're critical and, because we love it exactly. But but I want to encourage people to want to dig into it because where these first books start off as just like a series of kids books where it's just mm-hmm. like adventure of the week style things. Yep. What it evolves to eventually by the time you get to about the seventh book is you're undercovering the, the exploits of this secret yeah. organization. And there are characters within that that fill out the world. You And, and it takes like five or six books to just sort mm-hmm. of like be hanging out in the world with a bunch of one dimensional things. But I think you get characters with three dimensions as you get into yes. the later I, series. I think they become more three-dimensional uh, themselves as well. I think that our characters are beloved characters yeah. too. And Count Olaf does. You know what's weird is Count Olaf's the most rounded character right. through the first three books, which is weird to say that your villain is like the most like fleshed Investigated, out. Investigated, yeah. Right, the most fleshed out character that you have. 
Um, because I think that uh, there's a lot of nuances that, that Count Olaf projects at, at the very least. Yeah. So yeah. Um, very, I think overall uh, the reread was good. Uh, yeah. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy my time with these books. They are a lot choppier than I remember. Yeah. I, yeah. I just I, when I remember rereading more. them in, in like 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. whenever it was, I do remember it being a kind of thing where it's like, I've committed myself to rereading them because I don't want to watch the series and it feeling like I was sort of like pushing myself yeah. to do that. I wasn't engrossed in the first few books. It's like, no, I got to, I'm just trying to get through these pages and like doing, I, you know, I'm a pretty slow reader generally, I, although I am capable of skim reading, but if I'm invested in the book, I have no interest in skim reading. Like I'm, I'm really, I like almost say every word to myself out loud right but with these it was just like got it got it got it okay move get through the page and it's like i'm trying to finish this book in an hour here that's that's the goal or whatever so um but i i buy i think airzat's elevator is when it's like okay now i'm gonna take my time and i want to invest myself in these uh in these books yeah so uh next week we won't dive into more snicket we'll we'll come back to series of unfortunate events maybe in a couple weeks uh but we said we wanted to do some more fantasy and I am extraordinarily excited because we are oh, going to yeah. do Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones, which is a book I've never read, a series, a part of like a world I've never read, except as a, many yeah. people know, Howl's Moving Castle is a movie by Hao Miyazaki, uh, yep. and it is my favorite one of his movies uh, by a lot, by a lot, a lot. Uh, it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And I've already been listening to a bunch of it. I'm probably about halfway through. And EJ, you've never seen the movie. You've never no, read the book. I am no. so stoked for you to experience it. <laughs> I I desperately love this. And we'll see if if I stick with that. I have noticed I was very excited for the first third. And now that I'm getting to the middle of the book, I tune out a, a little bit more often than normal. But oh, no. I'm, I'm it doesn't matter because I'm also going to rewatch the movie before next week's episode. And I'm just so excited to talk about this book to everybody because it's <laughs> it's actually maybe one of my favorite fantasy novels of all time. Turns out wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I had a, a secret favorite fantasy novel. But um, I just think it's so great. And I can't wait for you to experience the world of it. I'm I'm super stoked. Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be a good come down. You know, we started this podcast with the idea of doing books that we loved when we were younger, but yeah. it's really evolved into something where we're discovering yeah. a lot of stuff that we just missed out on. Right. And this feels like something I missed out on. So yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for it. My favorite Miyazaki movie was Totoro. So yeah, uh, yeah. growing up, it's, love that. I mean, that's, that's that film. they're all top tier movies. So whatever, but uh, it, you know, th- this one is also I didn't realize how kind of deep. There's like three books in the series actually, and I'll be interested to yeah. eventually check out the other books. Yeah, the, good, the other good, one good is books. Castle in the Air, which is the movie Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. I had known that those were very related movies, but I did not know that they were originally actually set in the same world. Like they are a part of a shared universe. Um, that's wild. So I'll about. eventually want to get into those. Um, but yeah, that's all for this week. Thank you for joining us. I'm, I, I hope that we didn't talk you out of reading Lemony Snicket. It's, it is a no, joy to read these horribly depressing books in what and we're going to get through for some reason. We're going to do all of them because yeah, I must, so. I have to finish this, uh, this mm-hmm. series. So thanks everybody. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.